Camping is supposed to be a fun and enjoyable time. At least, that's what they're selling you. Welcome back to the swamp, my friends, and welcome if you're new. Today we're going to be sharing some creepy and allegedly true camping horror stories that'll freak you out tonight. As always, if you have a story that you would like to share, be sure to submit it at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I would love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. It's stories like yours that help keep this show going on a daily basis. Now, be sure to karate chop that like button so it really knows you mean business. Subscribe if you're new, turn on notifications so you don't miss a new episode, and get ready for these creepy and downright strange camping horror stories that'll freak you out tonight. My Worst Camping Experience by Kenzie W. So I'm a 13 year old female and at the time I was 11. This was my first summer camp and being stupid and the younger kid I was, I thought it would be fine. On my first night, a girl tried to kill another girl by stopping me from reporting the counselors that the girl's insulin pump was beeping. The girl who wanted me to stop, let's call her Jordan, she held me down in my bed, by my shoulders. She held her hand over my mouth, with a grin creeping onto her face as the girl whose insulin pump was beeping a lot, who will call her Linda, stirred unknowingly. I managed to throw Jordan off me to save Linda by reporting it to the counselors. On day two, I learned Jordan and Tiffany were good friends. Tiffany had 50 pounds on my 80 pound self-soaking wet. That day of camp, we went swimming in the pool, and I was talking to Linda about the night prior and making sure she was feeling better. Tiffany, as I later found out, had a big crush on Linda, and Linda did not feel the same way. So, as Linda and I were talking, Tiffany swam up behind me and pushed me to the bottom of the 7-foot pole and stood on my head. As I previously stated, she had a decent amount of weight on me, hence I thought I was definitely going to die because it was tough to get her off of me. I was nearly about to drown. She nearly killed me. I saw my life flash before my eyes, and oh my god, I was wasting my life. The best thing to ever happen to me was the scariest thing, because without my brush with drowning, I would probably still be spending my life doing nothing. So in a way, I thank her for almost killing me. But that was my worst camping experience ever. Did we see a skinwalker? By Anonymous. My mom was in the army long ago. She did her time a few years ago. She felt a void in her heart like something wasn't there. And then she found her love for camping and hiking. My mom has been a camper for about six years now. She has planned every year for her hiking and camping trips. She has gone hiking and camping in the summer, spring, fall, and hell, even in the winter in the same mountains, all while bringing my brother along as her hiking and camping buddy. And it's to the point that the little town, before you head into the mountains, knows my mom and brother by name, often calling them the mom who hikes with her son. I live with my dad and usually I visit her and my brother over the summer. Last year was my last time hiking and camping with her and my brother, and honestly I'm not too fond of those mountains and what lies in those woods. The mountains we hike in are called Pine Creek Gorge, or in this case, the Grand Canyon of Pennsylvania. The West Rim Trail is a 30 mile hiking trail. 
When I say I'm not too fond of these mountains, I really mean it. My mom wanted to beat a new record with my brother and me and hike this 30 mile trail in under 47 hours. I didn't argue and agreed that we could probably do it, but in reality, I absolutely could not believe my mom. You have to park your car at the trail standing point, which is at Brady Wallace's picnic area, then you have to hike to Rattlesnake Rock, and then you have to hike another 10 miles down the mountain to get to a little town where you can get sandwiches, sodas, and a ride back to the picnic area. We had met about halfway through our hike. It was getting dark, and we needed to set up camp. Luckily, we were at a campsite made for this. We were high up in the mountains and had a nice view. The woods surrounded us. My mom and I set up the tent and my brother set up the inside. We changed into our so-called PJs and created a massive fire. This definitely helped us keep warm, repel insects and animals and all that good stuff. We then cook some food, eat, and my mom hangs up the food bag in the tree to keep animals away from it. Remember that food bag. After this, we went to sleep. And that's when it happened. I remember waking up in the middle of the night. It's pitch black and blurry. I don't know why I woke up, I just did. And that's when I heard it. I don't know how to describe it fully. It sounded like a porcupine call, but deeper and like it was not natural. I sat there for what felt like about five minutes, but it was like hell. I heard shifting around the tent as if something was walking towards us. It stops and I listened to the sound of water pouring. That's when it hit me. It was peeing next to our tent on my side. I kept hearing shuffles around our campsite. I could turn around to see my mom figure upright up in the tent. She asked in my lowest voice if I had heard it as well. I replied that I did, and we waited just a few more minutes. My mom finally got up, took her machete, bear mace, and banded flashlight, and went outside to investigate. If you are wondering where my brother is now, he's still asleep, and to those wondering why he's not really helping us out, well, let me give you a little bit of background. My brother was 11 years old, tall, skinny, and had a baby face like no other. So having a 40 year old army mom stationed in Afghanistan with a license to kill uh, was probably the best way to go. Anyway, I waited a few minutes with my mind rushing. What was outside? Is my mom okay? Is it fight or flight? Where do I go? When I was thinking about what would happen, my mom accidentally hits the tent with bear mace. My brother and I started to cough, feeling our lungs suffocating through this mace. We ran out of the tent into the night. We could only see the small fire pit still burning and my mom standing outside looking frantic. She asked why we are out, and I told her about the mace. She said she was sorry and we stood in silence. I kept my side beside the fire, and eyes glued to the deep dark forest around us. My mom said she saw nothing outside. About a good 20 minutes go by, making sure the mace evacuated our tent. We finally went back down to lay down. My brother somehow went back to sleep, but my mom and I, surprisingly, couldn't. In the distance, I heard a pack of coyotes howling, and I remember all the skinwalker stories I had learned throughout my life. My eyes felt heavy, and I fell asleep after some time. When we woke up, I first walked the place up and down looking for any signs of whatever we had experienced. Wherever this thing had peed, wherever it had stood, we looked for any signs of proof. 
There was nothing that I could figure out. The only thing that was strange after this was that the food bag had somehow had all the food removed, even though it was still hanging up in the tree. We were all wide-eyed, with our mouths gaping open. We had no explanation for this. Whatever was making those sounds, peeing next to our tent, stealing our food, uh, I don't really know, I really don't know what to say. I have no idea what it could be other than some otherworldly creature. Wendigo in the Woods by Anonymous So about three years ago I went camping with my girlfriend, now X, as she had always expressed interest but had never actually been camping. The spot we went to is the Huron National Forest and is my go-to trail and camp spot as it's hidden deep in the forest and the access to the trail is pretty much effortless for ATVs. My family has been going to this spot for about six years and my friends introduced me about ten or so years ago. We went on a weekend trip and I'm glad we didn't go any longer. When we got there, everything was going well, except we did notice a group of people hanging out next to our campsite, but we were just stargazing and ended up leaving after some time. Then, around midnight, the weird stuff began to happen. At first, it sounded like someone was laughing at us, but never, like, ever ending. It was just very high-pitched, and it was like it kept going on a loop without ever taking a breath. After some time, we both kind of got scared and went into the tent to try to sleep, and that's when the laughter, noise, whatever it was, moved up higher. And then we began to hear whatever it was circle the campsite. After a while, it suddenly stopped and started again around 3 a.m. When it began again, the fire was going out. So I went to stoke the fire with my shotgun and turned on my flashlight to see if I could see any coyotes or something around the campsite. But I didn't see anything or hear any movements. This went on until 6 a.m. and then it suddenly stopped. That was finally when we could get some rest. After waking up a few hours later, we checked the campsite and saw nothing unusual, so we packed up. Once we were packed up and good to go, I started my vehicle, which was completely dead. That freaked me out as I'm always paranoid about having things plugged in that kill the batteries. I also got a brand new battery for this car right before this trip. I pretty much ensured that everything would be correct, but somehow it was dead. So, I don't really know how to explain this. Eventually, I was able to flag down a lady who was able to call somebody to come tow us. After that happened, I told my friend once I got home, who had shown me the campsite. They also had stories about a cabin in the same forest roughly 25 miles away. He told me about some things that happened to him recently, and I got even more freaked out. It wasn't just our campsite or just our experience. Things were happening all over this area. While hanging out, he just was looking off in the distance, and one day, he said he saw a pair of eyes up in the trees looking directly at him. He described them as bioluminescent eyes. He flashed his high-powered flashlight at them. Still, it was like there was nothing there, and as soon as the flashlight turned off, it's like they were right back once again staring back at him. 
He didn't tell anybody for quite some time because he didn't want to scare us or have us think that he was crazy. I'll never camp in Yellowstone ever again. By Adventurous Mark 45 Personally, I've always loved camping, and Yellowstone National Park has been on my bucket list for many years. The thought of experiencing the park's stunning natural beauty up close and personal had always excited me, but little did I know that my camping trip to Yellowstone would be a horrific nightmare I would never, ever have the chance to forget. My friend and I arrived at the park and set up our tent at a campsite deep in the woods. It was the perfect spot, really, away from the hustle and bustle of other campers, and we were thrilled to be surrounded by the tranquility of nature. The first few days were everything we had honestly hoped it would be. We hiked through the forest, spotted wildlife, and enjoyed the park's scenic views. But things started to turn dark on the third day of our trip. We were on a hike when we heard strange noises from the woods. At first, we assumed it was just the wildlife, but as the noises grew louder and we realized something was not quite right, a low guttural growl made the hairs on the back of my neck stand up. We tried to ignore it and continued on our hike, but the growling followed us. Finally, we started to feel like we were being watched, and the hairs on our arms stood on end. That's when we saw a dark, shadowy figure lurking in the woods. It was too far away to make out any specific features, but we could tell it was massive and not of this world. As we returned to our campsite, the growling continued to follow us. We tried to keep our cool, but the fear was too much. When we finally returned to our tent, we locked ourselves inside and tried to ignore the growling outside. The night was long and terrifying. We could hear the creature outside scratching at our tent and making horrible sounds that filled us with absolute dread. After that, we barely slept, and when we did, it was fitful and filled with nightmares. When morning finally came, we packed our campsite as quickly as we could and left the park without ever looking back. To this very day, I really don't know what that creature was, but I have a very strong feeling that it was something beyond human understanding. The memory of that camping trip still haunts me, and I know I'll never be able to forget the horror of what happened in Yellowstone National Park. But please, don't let that deter you from visiting. Overall, it still was a very, very serene place. Fresh out of high school, my friends and I decided to take one last trip together before we all split up to go to college. The Pacific Crest Trail was the destination. A few nights of drinking, hiking, and camping was exactly what we needed together. Ian, my boyfriend, picks me up from my house. I've never been to the Pacific Crest Trail, so he tries describing its beauty the best he can. <laughs> Babe, you're gonna love it, I promise. Nothing but fresh air and wilderness. We will be one with nature. I'm not so sure Mother Nature would approve of the ungodly amount of alcohol you have in the cooler. Well, what about this? Ian pulls out a sandwich-sized Ziploc bag of weed. I know Mother Nature would approve of this. She grew it. You've been holding out on me, I said, snatching the bag from his grip. I open it and take a deep breath inhaling the familiar aroma. It's a long ride. Might as well roll one up for the road. Sounds good. I'll call the others and get them to meet us at the location. Ian connects his phone on his Jeep radio, putting on his 80s hair metal playlist. I light the freshly rolled joint, and we settle in for a road trip. We decided to meet up at the Bridge of Gods. 
The Bridge of the Gods sits at the convergence of the historic Columbia River Highway State Trail, three national historic trails, and the Pacific Crest Trail. We walk over the bridge together, being extra careful because there is no shoulder on the narrow bridge, and we must share with cars and trucks. We make it across with no problem and hike for a while until we decide to go off trail to find a spot to set up camp by the river. Three tents between six people, Nova and his girlfriend Tessa, the twins Sadie and Katie, and finally myself and Ian. I sit back with a black cherry white cloth and take in the beautiful, beautiful surroundings. The sky let out an orange glow as the sun sank behind the jagged mountains. The mountains came down to meet the cold, untamed river. Nova and Ian began to make a fire before the night came. As the darkness falls, the alcohol flows. The flicker of the flame lights the night. We all reminisce about high school and talk about all that we would like to do for our future. Ian gets quiet and stares off to the darkness that is the river. What's up, Ian? I ask. I think I can see the outline of a boat floating not far off the bank. We all look in that direction, Ian pointed. Yeah, I think I see it too, Katie said. Nova walks over to his backpack and pulls something out. He twirls it in his hand and looks at it for a moment, before putting it in the direction of what we think is the boat. Is that a gun? Put that up, Nova. I spoke. Chill out, Brittany. It's just a flare gun, Ian said as he grabbed my hand to calm me. Nova pulls the trigger and a trail of light streaks out towards the boat. It lights up the immediate area around the dark outline. It was a boat, not just our mind playing tricks on us in the dark. Two people stood in the flat-bottomed boat, looking our way. They wore orange hoodies that hid their face. Oh my god, people are watching us, Sadie said. Get the hell out of here, you damn weirdos, Nova shouted. Nova and Ian began picking up rocks on the riverbank and throwing them at the boat. After a few moments, we could hear the engine start and drive away. We finally get over being freaked out. We did our best to put the incident behind us and continue drinking and partying throughout the night before eventually passing out in our tents. I woke the following day to a commotion outside. I unzipped the tent and dragged myself out. The sun hit my eyes and I winced as a sharp pain shot through my head. Drinking obscene amounts of alcohol seems like a great idea until the next day. When you have to wake up with a splitting headache and you get a queasy gut. I see Ian with his hands clasped on top of his head, standing in front of a flat-bottomed boat and sat on the riverbank on our campsite. Ian, what's wrong? What's going on? I ask. These assholes from last night, they docked their boat here and stole all of our supplies while we were sleeping. Nova walks up behind us. I'm having trouble finding the trail. I have some food and water stashed away in my tent. Let's refuel and go look like a group. After eating, with no supplies, we decided to cut our trip short, pack up, and look for the trail we strayed from to get to this riverbank. Let's split up, Nova said. We can go in pairs of two. Try not to stray too far from the others, so if you find the trail, you can alert the others by yelling. Nova and Tessa enter the woods, Sadie and Katie enter about 20 yards away, and Ian and I do the same. Ian grabs my hand and he leads the way. We say nothing to each other, only the sound of twigs breaking and brush under our feet fill the silence. I think I see something, Ian said. I look around to try and see what he sees, and that's when I notice it. 
I think we both figure out what it was at the same time by the terrified look we gave each other. To our left, a man in a bright orange hunting hoodie stood several yards away. He didn't move. He just looked at us. A camouflaged ski mask covered his face. He didn't move even when we ran into the opposite direction of him. Even without being chased, we ran as fast as we could, leading to me tripping over some undergrowth and falling. My extended hands were the only thing stopping me from slamming my face into the unforgiving ground. A sharp pain shot through my wrist into my elbow. I let out a yelp in pain. I'm not sure if it's broken, but I know it's at least sprained. The price I had to pay to save my face from colliding with the forest floor. Ian quickly comes to my side, helping me up and expecting the hand. I held it close to my body. He flexed the wrist, sending a shockwave of pain through my arm, causing me to jerk my hand away. Behind him, I noticed some movement. It was one of the men in the orange hoodie stepping out from behind some trees. I point a shaky finger behind Ian at the man. Ian glances over his shoulder to see what has me so shaken. We'll check this out later. Right now we have to run. Ian grabs my elbow, careful not to touch my hurt wrist. We make a hard left and quickly make our way to what is hopefully the trail we came in on. We break through the trees, but it's not the trail. It's a small clearing. It looks like someone has recently been here. A still smoldering fire set in the center of the small clearing. Sadie and Katie break through the brush into the clearing a few feet away from where we came in, followed by Nova and Tessa shortly, to the right of where we came in. We all share stories, and they all sound very similar. These men funneled us to this spot, Katie said. Why do they want us here? What, what do they want? Nova responded. Well, you did shoot a flare at them, I say to Nova. The creeps were floating there watching us. What was I supposed to do? Stop fighting. It'll get us nowhere. We need to figure out how to get back to the trail, Sadie interrupted. We looked around the clearing. It was roughly about half the size of an NFL football field. There was nothing out of the ordinary other than the smoldering pile of coals left behind. Let's turn around, together, and enter the woods and search for the trail. It has to be close, Ian said. We began to walk towards the section of woods we had entered the clearing through, and several of the men with orange hoodies and camouflage masks stepped out of the tree line. We turned as a group and began running in the opposite direction. We got halfway to the other side of the clearing before there were more men wearing the same orange hunting hoodies and camouflage masks stepping out. More emerged from the tree line surrounding us. I'm pretty sure there were 12 of them in total. Some of them had rifles in hand. Our group huddles together as it looked like these hunters were slowly closing in around us. Two hunters grab the twins, Sadie and Katie, and begin to drag them away, kicking and screaming. Ian and Nova run towards the two hunters that grab the twins. Nova throws a punch that connects with the hunter's chin and drops him to the ground. Nova grabs Sadie by the hand to help her up when a loud boom fills the air. The unexpected explosion temporarily disorients me. My ears ring. I look around confused about what just happened and where the explosion came from. I hear Sadie let out a terrified scream. I look to see her coated in blood and Nova lying on the ground beside her. Ian turns around running away from the scene unfolding before us. The look of fear in his face let me know exactly what had just happened. One of the hunters with a rifle had shot Nova. Ian took about two steps before another shot rang out. Blood spray came out of the side of Ian's head like a lawn sprinkler. Ian drops mid-stride, pulls her into the nearest tree line, 
and I hush her, violent screams. No additional words are needed as we began to both sprint away from the chaos. I feel terrible about leaving Sadie and Katie to die. But any other action than what I took would have led to all of our deaths. I could hear the hunters scrabbling after us. At least, that's what was running through my mind at that moment. Tessa and I ran full speed for what felt like miles. My legs burned, my lungs hurt, and I would not dare to slow down. To my relief, we stumbled upon the trail. I look around to regain my sense of direction. The bridge is this way, I yelled to Tessa, and we began sprinting again. We ran to the bridge, where we flagged down a car, and they called the emergency number to alert the police. I was frantic trying to explain to the officer what I saw, that we ran off leaving our friends to die. Tessa could only weep. She tried to tell her version, but she couldn't get the words out. Tessa was physically shaking, and instead of words, vomit was the only thing that came from her mouth. Several hours had passed, and the sun was starting to set when the officers found my friends. The hunters had erected two wooden crosses that Sadie and Katie hung from. Their abdomens sliced open, and the twins were connected by their intestines tied together. Their guts decorated the wooden structure they hung from, like a set of gory Christmas lights. Ian and Nova lay at the foot of the crosses. I don't know the reason behind the gruesome slaughter of my friends, but I do know I'll never revisit the Pacific Crest Trail. Thanks for listening to these creepy and downright strange camping horror stories that'll freak you out tonight. If you enjoyed these stories, please be sure to slap that like button as it helps me out a ton. The more likes this episode gets, the more YouTube promotes it, and that helps the swamp grow its ever-expanding waters. If you're new to the swamp and you haven't joined us yet, be sure to subscribe and turn on notifications to never miss a new episode as I upload them multiple times every single week and all things natural and supernatural. As always, if you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, be sure to submit your story at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. It's stories like yours that help keep this show going on a daily basis. I'd love to know in the comments down below what story was your favorite tonight. It helps me pick better stories in the future, and I love seeing your reviews. If you're on the go but don't have a YouTube premium but still want to download and listen to your favorite scary stories no matter where you are, you can download them absolutely free from Spotify, Apple Podcast, and pretty much everywhere else you find your favorite podcast online. Thank you for supporting the swamp the way you do, and I will see you all very soon with another creepy episode.